Welcome to the ninth episode of 13 Ways to Lead with your host, the 13th Command Chief of the Air National Guard, Chief Master Sergeant Maurice Williams. Our featured guest today is Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne S. Bass. I'm Master Sergeant Eric Gallion, and today's episode is about leading by being accessible. Being viewed as accessible and approachable is a critical skill every leader should seek to embody. Leaders who make themselves accessible are simply saying, I care. Your leadership is no longer effective when you become inaccessible. Airmen don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Today in the studio, we have two senior enlisted leaders who are out front every day and are always accessible to their airmen. Chief Williams, the floor is yours. Hey, today we have one of our top enlisted in our Air Force, our 19th Chief Master Sergeant Air Force, Joanne Baz. It's a great pleasure to have you here. I would like you to open up and uh, just tell a little something about yourself that you think that most of the listeners don't know. All right, so first of all, Chief Williams, it's really cool to spend some time with you this morning. Uh, we live on the same block, but we don't see each other often because we're always out on the road visiting our airmen. Um, so it gets back to that accessibility piece. And right. then first of all, let me just say to uh, Master Sergeant Galleon, I mean, that voice. Oh, thank I was you. like, I was like, what is going on here? Like we got, <laughs> we got serious real quick. So anyway, but hey, we're gonna have fun because it's early morning, yeah. we're still drinking coffee. And so we're just gonna have fun with the audience here. So um, real quick, things that people perhaps don't know about me that's not in the bio. Um, Joe Bass been serving um, in the Air Force for almost 30 years. Um, I always tell people, right, like not bad for a girl who just wanted to do four quick years, get her GI Bill and roll out. Um, I tell people all the time, I only re-enlisted at the four year mark because I needed to pay off my Honda Civic. Um, <laughs> and and y'all seen pictures of that red mm -hmm. Honda Civic. And then, um, you know, probably about the eight year mark is really when I joined our Air Force. And um, it, there, there wasn't like a, um, you know, peak moment necessarily, um, a, a defining moment that really caused me to join our Air Force at the eight-year mark. It was more so that I was part of some really amazing organizations with some great Americans, some great patriots um, that, that I had a chance to see firsthand, some who have um, paid the ultimate sacrifice and given their life. So it was then when I, and after a few deployments, that I realized what it meant to wear this uniform. Um, and so that's a little bit about me professionally, personally, um, at my first duty station, I met my best friend and husband, my, uh, wingman, well, battle buddy, since he's army, um, Ron Bass, he served in the air, in the army for 27 years, retired as an army first sergeant. I give him a whole lot of credit. I don't tell him personally, but I give him a whole lot of credit <laughs> for who I am. We have two kiddos. I have a daughter who is in college and I have a, um, kiddo who's still in high school living with us. So I'm still. Um, an airman, a, a mom, a spouse, and, you know, sister, daughter, and all those things to everybody. Hey, well, thanks for that uh, background and information. Uh, you know, as we talk about being accessible, you know, times have changed since uh, both of us entered into our Air Force, and now we have social media. Do you see any um, drawbacks on it, or do you think it's the greatest or avenue to connect with airmen? So first of all, I'm glad that times have changed and that when we came up, Mo, that we didn't have social media. Yes. And I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that we didn't have cell phones 
because chances are Joe Bass probably wouldn't be standing up before you today, right? Like, I mean, I I was probably, you know, not always the airman who had the best judgment, right? Like, we were having fun when we joined our Air Force. And so anyway, so I would tell us, right, like airmen today, hey, we've got to proceed with caution at times, right? Like everything's recorded and those are some challenging things that we do. And so, you know, it is very different growing up today. But the matter of fact is like social media is not going away. We're in a digital era, a information domain where we're still kind of trying to figure this thing out. But what we know for certain, again, is that it's not going away. And so how do we coexist in this um, digital domain and this information era? How do we make smart choices? How can we be aware and educated enough to understand the challenges that come with the digital domain? And how do we use it to our advantage? And so, you know, those are some of the things that I'm always really thoughtful of as we operate in the social media spaces. Yes, you know, when when we talk about being accessible and using these type platforms we're using now, individuals can listen to us on the phone. You know, it's just sometimes it's a little challenging. I've been several different places, and after I get finished, they say, hey, well, I was recording you. Yeah. it's been nice yeah. to know, not that I said anything that's bad, yeah. but this show's type platforms. I've been on a virtual platform and finished yeah. and someone took one snippet out of what I yeah. said and you just don't realize what you know. But you're still trying to be accessible and meet yeah. airmen where they are, but there can sometimes be some challenge. But I think it's more benefits than it is challenges. I agree. You know, and that that is what you just outlined you know, some of the dangers, right? The goodness could be that somebody can record, you know, what you're saying and the thought and and pass that intent out so you can flatten communication across um, the formations or somebody can take, you know, a minute or 10 seconds out of your whole 10 minute discussion and you miss the whole beginning part, the whole end part, and you never get the true intent and you only hear a soundbite. And sound bites can be really damning, right? And right. so that's that's what I think we have to be aware of, right? Whenever we get presented with a sound bite, well, what was the context and what was the intent? And can we maybe have some grace and give people the benefit of the doubt of what, you know, was really meant? And I've seen that play out in social media and fold. Hey, if I can just share one thing on the accessibility piece, mm-hmm. you know, when I first got in the seat, um, I spent some time with my public affairs team and I told them, you know, again, you know, we, we, we chatted about what is our strategy when it comes to accessibility mm-hmm. and, you know, what are we trying to promote here? And so we definitely have a strategic strategy on communication. You know, we use social media platforms to be able to flatten communication because we want airmen to be able to hear um, the information and we want them to understand the true intent. We want to be able to highlight the goodness that is going on in the Air Force. You know, right. you get to see it every day. Right. I get to see it every day. Sometimes I wish I had a GoPro on where people could see the goodness that is happening with our airmen. Um, So we want to highlight that. We want to highlight the proud heritage that we have in our Air Force. Um, And so that, you know, we we have some strategy on on the messaging that we do, but it's very deliberate. It's not haphazard. You know, um, as we talk about social media, you know, I think all human beings still love that face-to-face communication. And uh, when when we get out and travel, you and myself uh, get out and travel, uh, it's taxing on us. So just tell me a little bit about your travel schedule and expand on how much you're out there. Once you get to organization, what do you feel the best effective way of communicating with in a large formation, smaller formation? Just expand on that a little bit for me. Um, 
you know, when it comes to our travel schedule, we do our best to try to, you know, um, balance. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we all, even on Team 19, we all have families. So right. we try our best to look at the calendar and balance it. We can still be there for our families, you know, but but yet go out and, and dialogue with our airmen because it's really important for us to understand um, the challenges that they have and, and how can we get after some of those barriers. And so when we go out to a base visit, I mean, our schedule is busy from the minute we hit the ground until probably that evening. I mean, right. we, you know, and so it's important that we take care of ourselves. So we typically started off um, 530, 5 o'clock PT, um, finish up. We have a airman breakfast typically around 7, 730 in the morning. Um, and then we're, we're getting out and seeing our folks in their workplaces. Mm. I actually, you know, prefer both, right? I like to share the larger, broader Air Force message to the masses. Uh -huh. And so I don't care if I'm talking to 1,500, 2,000 airmen in a hangar. Like, I want our airmen to hear, you know, what is going on um, across the Air Force, what's on the minds of their senior leaders. And uh, most of all, I also want to just tell them thank you. You know, right. thanks for serving. Thanks for wearing this uniform. And then, of course, I love the smaller group settings um, with our, you know, opportunities to meet them in the workplace or breakfast or lunch where I can hear them share kind of, you know, what, what's going on in their lives, their families' lives, so that um, they feel more comfortable um, being able to talk with me. Right. And that's, that's uh, the same um, kind of my schedule when I go out and visit the wings uh, out in our Air National Guard and um, out in our Air Force. The bigger crowds, hey, we get to talk about the big strategic matches, the national defense strategy, and how we connect and how we fit in as each airman do. But in those intimate settings, when I have lunch with the, I, I typically have scheduled to have lunch with the E6 and below. And that's, that's when you get some of the real deal, um, you know, and, and having those general, you know, conversation with them. They're real open and really say, hey, well, I just really don't know how this connects. Yeah. You know, and I always meet with the chiefs last to go to, to give them a, feedback from a person from the outside sharing their perspective what i see what your airmen know what resources do they know that they have available so uh that's what i try to share with them so they can get an understanding of the culture yeah you know? yeah um but you know as we talk about balancing i know you mentioned the family mm -hmm. um how do you balance that with the family and being to get out and travel that much and have that home time you yeah know? It's an everyday challenge. Right. Uh, you know, it, some seasons I feel like I'm doing really good. And then sometimes <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm hosing this up. Right. Like and so um, for Team 19, we hold each other accountable on a lot of things, especially, you know, I travel out with um, Chief Mike Perry, Diamond One, mm -hmm. and he holds me accountable on those things. Like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Um, and so, as I mentioned, um, when I am home, if I'm home for, a, you know, two day period, like I actually don't schedule anything. Like it is just family time. And so we spend time, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, doing whatever we want to do. We love to travel. We're big foodies. We love to eat. Right. Um, we love to PT together. And so we just, you know, we make the time that we have count um, is how we really balance that family time. And oh, by the way, speaking of kind of social media devices and things like that, we're also very serious about our dinner time. So when we come together at dinner, um, and this is not how I grew up, but this is certainly how right. we are in our family. We come together. It's a no device zone. Right. Like you cannot bring your devices. Um, and, you, you know, it is time for us to actually connect eyeball to eyeball, look right. at each other, act like we know how to talk. Right. We're teaching our right. teenager like 
you can actually talk to somebody person to person and not text. And so we talk about our day. You know, how was your day? We do highs and lows in our family um, Mm -hmm. and and talk about the high points of our day and our low points of our day. And so that dinner time is really sacred. Right. Well, that's good. That's it. That helps keep that balance there and really get that one on one and conversation. What's going on? Yeah. See individual face to face, see what the expressions are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as um, we've had these conversations, you know, outside before and, um, you know, as we look at our airmen now and I think with social media, it, it creates that connectedness. Yeah. But we have several that will shoot an email straight to Chief Mount Sergeant at the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> how times have changed. There's a lot of gap between them, but how t- yeah. times yeah. have changed. More, more than I ever thought, Mo, right? Like one of the probably more surprising things um, that I've witnessed since being in the seat is how many people feel really comfortable reaching out to my office. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this isn't just on social media. This is on email. Right. I mean, we have people that email my office. Hey, can Chief Bass review my EPR? And so to that point, let's get back to accessibility. I think it's, you know, I appreciate that our airmen um, see kind of the transparent leadership and accessibility. Right. But I think that we need to make sure that on all levels of leadership, that all levels of leaders are accessible right you should feel an airman should feel more comfortable reaching out to their wingman or their direct supervisor before they feel more comfortable reaching out to me like if somebody feels comfortable you know emailing the chief master on the air force direct on something more than the person on your right or left then we've got some challenges of trust right, right. and so i would say right accessibility it's great to see your senior leaders accessible. It's great to see a wing command chief accessible. Like, but, but leaders at every level have to be accessible. And so that requires for us as leaders to take a look in the mirror, right? That's right. Like, do I have, and I think about like, when we go to hotels, right? Like you have a do not disturb mm-hmm. sign on. Like, do our airmen, when they walk by our, our office, do they think that there's a do not disturb sign on because we haven't made ourselves accessible? Right. Like, or are we doing that? And I think that we have to, again, when I say all levels, I'm not even talking at the most senior levels. When I think back to when I was senior airman Joe Bass, you know, like I didn't reach out to my chiefs back then. Right. right? Like I reached out to, again, my direct, my, the most influential person in my life was that direct first line supervisor. And then maybe it was that tech sergeant um, section um, NCOIC. Like, we have to have our NCOs, our senior NCOs, they have to be the most accessible. You know, their job is to develop, coach, train, inspire those airmen. I shouldn't be inspiring them more than that first line supervisor. Yeah, that is so true. I, I get the same emails, too, of individuals reaching out to me. Hey, let's have a conversation. You're, you know, our conversation determines if I'm going to retire or not. You yeah, know, it's, it's a big gap in between. Yeah. Now. Um, that individuals and like I always reach back down to the command chief and say, Hey, we, did they talk to you? <laughs> Where, where's, you know, did, did they speak with the supervisor? There's yeah. just such a big gap there. And like, like you were saying, Hey, the accessibility of us as senior leaders, that's great, yeah. but we got to work on our senior NCOs to have that comfortable relationship. Yeah. That they should be talking and talking to those individuals to make those decisions you, you know i'll never forget when i came home one time i was talking to my husband again army husband mm-hmm. and i said babe like you will never believe how many people reach out to my office right or send messages through through our social media yeah. you know it's 
and and it blew him away as an as a retired army soldier. He's like, man, he was like, babe, in my 27 year career, never once did it cross his mind to email the Star Major of the Army. Like <laughs> never, never before. And that's why I say, right, changing times. And right. I, you know, and I'm not trying to shame anybody from like reaching out, right? Like if something is is so you know, um, challenging in life. I want any airmen in the United States Air Force to feel like they can reach out to me. My point is I want them to feel more comfortable reaching out to the people that are closest to them in their duty sections. That should be what every leader is striving for. When I was the OSS, um, at that time, we called it OSS superintendent Mm -hmm. now, right? Right. OSS um, senior enlisted leader. I was a senior master sergeant. I would like to think that as, as the most senior person in the OSS, that any one of, you know, my, you know, 220 airmen would know to come to me before they would have sent an email up to the chief master in the Air Force, right? Like, but that, right. that requires work on my part as that SCL, right? right. Like that, right. that I actually know my people, that I actually spend time developing the section leaders, that I t- spend time developing the flight commanders, so that they're instilling that same culture and climate and and trust within their um, formations. Again, I'd like to think that none of my folks reached out to the chief master on the airport. That is right. You know, uh, one of the familiar quotes, uh, Colin Powell used to say all the time, hey, you stop leading when your people stop reaching out to you. Mm. So uh, That's good. Get you dropping knowledge. (laughs) So that is something, uh, you know, we got to work on as an organization. Yeah. so as we talked about accessibility and we look at team 19, what do you do to keep that team connected? I have to feed them a lot. Mm-hmm. So like, like, like figuratively. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Chief, I don't mean to interrupt. One of my mentors, he said, get your people paid, get them fed. Uh-huh. They'll take care of the rest. I love it. Yes. But yeah, that's, that's old school thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I tell people all the time, like there is power in a cup of coffee. I believe it. You know, I I never forget, right? Like there are times where I used to, you know, need to reach out to another leader and the answer is no, right? And I'm like, no, how is it no? And then you're like, well, how about let's link up and let's have some coffee or let's share a meal. Somehow that no becomes a yes. Why? That connectedness. Right. And so, you know, I say it in joking, right? But Team 19, like, you know, our goal is to actually be family, right? We have to, I think, um, you know, like genuinely represent what we are expecting any other organization to look like. And, and that is, you know, to, to be a high performing team. And the only way you can be a high performing team, um, if you have high standards, if you hold yourselves accountable, hold each other accountable, if you recreate together, if you, um, you know, eat together, fellowship together. So, so we work super hard. You ask anybody on Team 19, but guess what? We try our best to play hard too. Um, and I think that that is that's really important for us. But but it's deliberate planning. Like, right. We could go through a whole month and we're like zapped and exhausted. So we have to work really yeah. hard to make sure that, hey, like, how, how about we huddle and like, let's actually bring some food in and do a lunch. Or how about we actually do some team building? And we're very deliberate about the team building, too. And sometimes we get in each other's feelings. I'll typically bring somebody in to kind of um, guide us through mm-hmm. some team building stuff. Um, but, but, you know, we're pretty deliberate about it and we're pretty deliberate about, again, um, not just um, talking the talk, but walking the talk. Yeah, me and my team, uh, we get together. Matter of fact, uh, we got a bike ride coming up. We go bowling. Hey, 
we go top golf. Just keep that camaraderie there because you work hard and you got to build that team high spirit. You know, um, everybody high, have highs and lows, but yeah. it's all about coming together once you say, hey, uh, have some food, have a good time, yeah. and then, hey, we get back to work. Hey, we need to do a team 13, team 19 bowl-a-thon. That's a, hey, we need to do it. I heard you good. Ron already told me you're a good bowler because so, Ron so already talked I might, about it. I might, may or may not have my own bowling ball. Um, <laughs> And you may, I may or may not have said that bowling is not just a game; it's a way of life. So, so we don't. We team nineteen is not gonna lose. What's your best like, game? Um, I, I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna share. You know, we're just gonna. We're just so it's it's, in the, it's best game probably mid two hundred. Okay, but I mean that's not standard. I haven't. I mean I can't bowl anymore now. I don't have any time to bowl. But um, I mean we just need to put a date on. I'm gonna start okay. practicing. Okay. And then again, yeah. <laughs> Put that we'll, in your schedule. We'll do that. That'll okay. be fun. Right. That sounds good. I mean, and, and, and like uh, yeah. Sim Sav said, you know, we do that within, um, we call it the block and area court uh, yeah. with all the command chief, keep that camaraderie there. But then it's that accessibility by where we live to have conversations offline. Yeah. So when we come, in, come into the meetings, we already have an yeah. idea of some of the things yeah. we discuss and some of the perspectives that we share. Yeah, uh, to address issues and make changes within that, the organization. That is a great um, illustration of accessibility. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if I we, we where we live, you know, I have four other command chiefs on the block there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, certainly Chief Williams and then Tim White from the reserves, and that accessibility, you know, that we have to each other right. allows us to be able to handle things on behalf of our airmen. Like you all know, like if. If something's not going right with the guard, like Chief Williams is going to be knocking on the door and we're going to be able to get after those things. And that accessibility is important because we all I mean, you know, timing is always really tough. And so, again, that. But if I wasn't accessible, would Chief Williams feel comfortable knocking on the door to be able to take care of things for his airmen? And so, you know, I remember, um, Mo, when I was a Mm -hmm. master sergeant, what I realized really quickly as a senior NCO is, right, the relationships that I have with people, the accessibility that I have with people is not about me or for me. Right. It's for the benefit of our airmen. That's right. Right. Like, so personally, like, let's just be real, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have challenges sometimes, interpersonal relationships, yep. but I had to realize, man, I've got to put all those things aside because you've got to be able to take care of your people That's and right. relationships matter. That's right. Yeah. That's helped turn things over. Well, hey, um, SimSaf, it's been great uh, having you here, having a great conversation. I'm going to turn it over to my master voice there to <laughs> take us on out. Appreciate it. No, thank you so much, Chief. And thank you, Chief Fast, for uh, taking the time to speak to us about leading by being accessible. Be sure to follow the Air National Guard on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And for more of Team 13, follow the director of the Air National Guard on Facebook. Join us again next month on 13 Ways to Lead, where we will be talking about leading by using rewards and praise. From all of us here at the Air National Guard Podcast Network, have a great Air National Guard day. Team 13, out. 13 Ways to Lead is produced by Major Amber Schott. Our editor and sound mixer is Master Sergeant Brandy Fowler. This episode was recorded at the Secretary of the Air Force Public Affairs Studio in the Pentagon.